don't even know how to remotely start a podcast. I don't know how to start a conversation. <laughs> that's a podcast. If I could be any celebrity, I'd be Will Winner. Please, for the love of God, if you're listening to this and you still tuck your jeans and your boots, reach down, pull those bad boys out, all right? We're done with that. We're done with that. I am 97 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. Next! I should have brought my recorder. I could have played Hot Cross Buns. Is that that illegal? (laughs) When our two moms listen to this podcast, they're going to be like... Our two moms. They're going to be super proud of us. Welcome to the Keeper Pin. Welcome back, hookers. It's the Keeper Pin. It's the second episode. Episodio Dosio. Take number. <laughs> 604. <laughs> We've been at this for hours. <laughs> We're just kidding. We got off on a tangent and we had to start over. So we promised not to get off on a tangent. And we really are trying to give you the best quality episodes possible. The best content. You don't want us just sitting here... Blasting people. <laughs> Name dr- No, they want that. Yes. Yeah, well, you know, stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll see how in-depth we get this. Mm-hmm. But this week's topic. Haters and ass whoopings. How to deal with them both. Mm. Man, there is nothing worse than a hater. Juicy. And I know that... Whatever. I'm pretty sure I've tweeted haters are my motivators like four times since the sixth grade. But they're not. They're awful. They're clowns. They belong to the streets. And don't you think that we're just talking about people our age? Oh, the haters. The title of a hater does not discriminate about age. Actually, the more specific, the the older they are, about mid-40s, the bigger the hater. And this is from two twenty or a twenty and a twenty-two year old. Hmm. Hmm. You know who you are. <laughs> Let's give them a lowdown on like how we started, because I feel like that completely gets blown to the wayside for both for both of us or anybody in general. Like it's all about now or not like when it all begun. Right. So. If you listened to our first episode and weren't completely bored, silly, then you knew that, you know, I got started about 12 years ago showing pigs, but it started out way back when my dad moved from Indiana to Illinois and started his club calf business. I hated it. I hated showing cattle. Like hated it completely? Oh my God, yeah. It was so scary to me. I got shoved into cement feed bunks so many times by bulls. You got like, you got physically like pushed out of it. Yeah, it was like, you know, so we had so many bulls at that time Mm. that, you know, that was what I knew and, you know, it just wasn't something that interested me really and for anyone who knows me I'm sort of the black sheep of the family so it would have made no sense for me to do something normal so not that showing pigs is you know different but it was it was different for our family simply because of the fact that people thought I was crazy for not deciding to show cattle so here we are but I started out very small. Mm-hmm. We had my first year showing. I showed at the 4-H fair in Peoria County, which, if 
any of you are familiar, there are like 11 head of pigs there every year. So that goes to show the, you know, type of fare that we're, you know, we're dealing with here. <laughs> I started out with an all-black crossbred pig. His name was Atlas. He was super Atlas? cute. Atlas? Atlas. That is the that is the most Maddie Caldwell first name of a pig. Mine was freaking Elmo. Okay, well, mine was Atlas. <laughs> okay, anywho. I was very school-oriented, Jenna. Atlas. Anywho, so Atlas... I don't even remember where Atlas came from, but Bubblegum used to work for us, or his real name's Grant Weisinger, I guess, but he, you know, had some pigs and brought them over, and I loved them so much, and then, you know, because I loved it so much, then my dad was like, I guess I'll waste some money on pigs next year, (laughs) so he wasted money on two pigs, what he says, wasted money. And we bought the two York gilts that we talked about in the prior episode. The burnt pieces of bacon. Yeah, the burnt pieces of bacon. (laughs) And then the year after that was the first year that we actually, like, had one barn full of pigs. So we actually... So you got into it relatively fast. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, when I say that, we probably had, like, five or six the third year. So, I mean, it was fairly fast. But I'll never forget the first... that, That first year was... The first time that we showed on the jackpot circuit. Mm-hmm. And my dad, so we talked a little bit in the last episode about like showmanship and things like that. Well, to be completely honest, my mom really likes that stuff. My dad hates it. He thinks that showmanship is a waste of time and that no one should ever waste their pigs in showmanship. So I really wanted to show pigs in showmanship and he thought he'd be really funny and the only pig he let me show was a Poland gilt that oh had God. never had like never been out of the barn before <laughs> except when using a hurdle. And so the whole time she sat in the corner and mind Did you Did you show her with a hurdle? No, I showed her with a pipe because oh. we didn't own any whips. All we thought were like <laughs> pipes. pipes. I'm not even shitting you guys. We went to go get ice cream earlier and Liv and I were looking through Kim's old Facebook photos and Maddie's showing with a white ass PVC pipe. Yeah. So that was, that was the first couple of years that we showed. I don't even remember. I think that year might've been the year of one of my crossbred gilts and we were like first in class at Expo and we were over the moon. I remember her. She was belted. Yeah. Oreo was her name. So, you know, we were over the moon excited. That was awesome. And then, you know, it slowly progressed from there. And then my dad got addicted. And then that's where shit went sideways. That's what happens is when your parents get into it. Yeah, so that happened. And then, you know, by that time, Olivia came around and she really didn't love the pigs but was going to do it. Because at the time, my parents really didn't want her showing cattle because of all of our customers. And so she sort of... Was into it. You know, she sort of like made herself get into it. That's that second child thing. Like, they're into it. Like, that's exactly how my sister was. They like it, but they don't really like... It's like that TikTok. I like it, but I don't really like it. Right. So... And eventually, you know, she begged and pleaded so many times that my parents eventually let her show cattle. And, you know, here we are now. So I, you know, that's a little bit of how we got started with things. Mm -hmm. So it definitely was a bumpy start. Well, yeah, that's how it all has to start. Because that's, like I said, we lived in town with me. Literally had my pigs stayed at my aunt's aunt and uncle's house. 
we lived in like a big old subdivision and we had four I had four pigs when we started. A barrow named Elmo, Katie, Rex, and Daisy. I'll never all I can remember them because the squad. The squad the squad. I won I actually won the Jersey County Fair with Elmo. And I still have the banner, which is kind of impressive. But how I remember that is Katie, we I grew up, we kept a few sows around. Like we raised a few pigs. Um, nothing big, enough to keep our interest in it and just small and, and something that we enjoyed as a family. Well, Katie, my spot guilt, we bred her. I remember we bred her that night and I thought that once you bred a pig, like they popped out the babies immediately. Like I was so befuzzled as to how this whole process worked, which I shouldn't have known. I mean, I was six or five. I don't even know. But I remember we got pizza. And, like, it was a big party. Like, we were breeding Katie. And I told everyone at school, like, we were going to breed Katie. And I thought she was going to pharaoh. But Katie didn't pharaoh. Katie actually pharaohed and died. And we had to take all of her pigs and keep them in our garage, in the house, in the subdivision. They, they literally, we had a whole litter of spots and a cattle trough in our garage in our subdivision at 123 Heritage Drive in Jacksonville, Illinois. If you lived there, you had pigs in that garage at one point. Basically like a mini tractor supply. No, literally. Like, it was a disaster. But then the next year, like, just like you, we picked up, like, more and more. And then we bought the house and we built the barn. But, like, you start so small. And you don't... But people don't know that, you no. know, they don't remember those years. They don't remember when you were last in class and you were in the corner and you, for example, 2006, second year of me showing, we go and we go to expo and we're all excited. We had a little red corn pro trailer, like just this tiny red corn pro trailer. I was so excited to show. Well, we didn't know how to get into the fairgrounds. We cut in the expo check-in line. Like, there was 200 trailers, and we cut in line, and we were sixth. And no one said anything to us. That's how nice they were. We cut in front of Mark Hogue, actually. Fun fact. I will, You can ask my dad. We cut in front. Like, they didn't care. And we didn't know what we were doing. And we won the Chester Barrows at Expo that year. I still had no idea. Like, I was in Grand Drive, and I just was walking my pig. Like, it was just... That is when you... When you are at your, not your lowest, but when you don't know any more than that, are actually looking back some of the best times. Yeah. Like you had no idea what was happening, but you just thrived on loving it. And I think from from that point on, even though your passion for it picked up, it was hard to maintain the love for it with some of the shit that goes on in this industry. And that brings us to... Haters! <sighs> haters. I remember my first time dealing with a hater. I was old enough to show at the county fair. We had picked up the pace. Successful enough. Was the only family in the county at that time. I was, I was eight. I was a clover bud. And we were the only family in our county showing nationally. They, the last thing that they wanted was us to show up at the county fair. They were going to do anything in their power to get me kicked out. To the fact that they, a family, at one point, t- 
turned us in to the Fairboard for running turbo fans because it used too much electricity in one bar. How freaking ridiculous is that? I was eight years old. Eight years old. But it intimidated the absolute shit out of some old ass men that people could care about it enough to be successful on a level that's further than pulling your figs out of a feeder pen and running to the county fair with them. But yeah, what was your first time when you experienced? You deal with more haters than I do. I'll just I put even, that out there. I don't even know. You have, do you have a burn book? Does Todd Caldwell have a burn book? <laughs> Todd Caldwell doesn't need a burn book. He's got his mind. He, and even there. though he's getting older, yeah, even though he's getting older, don't you for one second think that he forgets. He's going to forget Maddie and, and Cole and Liv's name, but he's not going to forget who f***ed him over. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, oh my gosh. Not a truer statement has never been said before. But um, I, wow. I guess... Like, going back, the the closest thing that I remember would have to be customers leaving because yeah. Olivia was showing. And that started even when, I mean, she was so little. And, I mean, just the thought of her showing, I guess, just sickened them. It didn't even mean that she was beating them or doing any better than they were. It was just the simple fact of, you know, what if he had kept a better animal back for his kid. The unknown. Right. Scared them. Right. Mm. So that was probably one of the first instances that I remember. It wasn't in terms of, I mean, it's just gotten worse over time in terms of just people getting ballsier, honestly. And I shouldn't say they're getting ballsier because half of the people that say and do things now hide behind their phone or their computer screens. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's pretty much the basis of it. No, that's exactly the problem. But I didn't... The, the, the thing that I don't get, I understand, again, like I said that I touched on earlier, my family, we never, we never had an operation on a large scale. My parents don't judge shows. I was never involved in it. In that sense. But I know that a lot of those kids who who come from operations like that, come from families like that, i.e. you in particular, they see a lot of success, which is awesome for them, but the it almost doesn't even hold a candle to the amount of stuff that they go through because of it. And I think that... You know, you could, I'm not just saying that I think if you went across the board and talked to anybody, no matter if they won the show, if they beat their friend in class, in terms of, I mean, hell, they could have gotten fourth place and their friend have gotten fifth and they still would have been mad at them. Something that my parents once told, I'm pretty sure it was Hendrickson's that Mm -hmm. they told this to way back when and they repeatedly tell you know, friends of ours year after year, especially people that have young children and haven't really, um, you know, had the experiences yet that we did since, you know, we had shown for so long, but you will lose friends so fast. fast. And it's the saddest thing to see because not only is it the parents separating, which is one thing, but it then travels down into the kids. And that was the hardest part... You're exactly, 
the problem with it is, and this goes back to what we said earlier about the biggest group of haters are the oldest group of people. Those parents sit there and they run their mouths about particular families and particular situations and their children who are friends with those other children who shouldn't have a dog in the fight when it comes to any sort of drama hear that and that's when this whole circle of haterness starts and you know with all that's going on in the world it's really no different than that you know kids listen they're like sponges they listen they to absorb everything all. that they hear and you know, it makes me so sad for them. And it made me, at the time, you know, my siblings are, you know, growing up now and they, you know, have a pretty big backbone and realize that, you know, shit's going to happen. But it makes me so sad for the kids because, you know, they don't understand and they don't, you know, my dad said one thing one time, I think in a podcast that he did. And he said, you know, come after me all you want, but leave my kids out of it. And that's something that parents and even just people need to realize. You know, half half of the time, the kids have no idea what's going on. No idea. And, you know, that's what's sad sometimes is the fact that these grown adults are running down children. children. And that, you know, that, that upsets me just but, in terms but of... But regardless, age group or not. The problem stems from the fact that people are scared shitless of other people whose only goal is to be successful. No one likes someone, which is completely wrong and I don't agree with, but the the general consensus is people don't like you if you want to be successful. Everyone will be friends with somebody who's third in class and not a threat. No one will be friends with someone who wants to progressively be better. That, that's it. And it sucks because this industry as a whole has so specifically much Specifically the show industry is for kids to be successful people. Not for kids to be okay with where they stand in life because... They don't want to, you know, hurt any feelings. Hurt, listen to me. This is Jenna Wheeler. If you're young and you want nothing more in life to be successful, you make a list and put the last thing on that list, make it people's feelings. You should not give a shit what other people think of you, feel about you, say about you. If you want to be successful and you want to win and you want to throw your heart and soul into something that you're passionate about and see the results of it, the last thing you need to think of is what the hell people have to say. And that's easy for Jenna to say, but coming from someone who's way more... You know, if if anyone knows it's me personally, yeah. they know that... And it, we differ. We differ in yeah. how we handle things. Because you want to say something about me, awesome. I'm going to go beat your ass and some... Not actually physically. I'm not violent. Please don't take that the wrong way. But, like, I'm just going to work harder. And for me, I take it to heart. Yes. And that's where it becomes really difficult for me. So I think that that's, you know, hopefully that if anyone's listening to this, they realize that it's okay to feel... You know, 
to feel hurt and upset because there are so many times, especially when I was younger. Now, it doesn't bother me. But way back when I was younger, I just didn't understand. I didn't know what I did to make that person walk past me and give me the nastiest look. And then you start to feel guilty for being successful. Right. And that is not right. Mm -mm. There is no part of that that is... And this sounds... This could sound, if you got this far, like we're having some giant pity party for for that. Not at all. Um... I, I'm very fortunate, Maddie and I, I sure, I'm sure agrees with me, to have the success that we have, and that comes from the fact that we have parents who made our, made us work our asses off. It's just us more than, more this, whatever the word I'm looking for. It's us reflecting on stuff that we went through as we venture out of the show, aging out, and of showing, looking back, and being like, damn, this is wrong. Damn, this needs changed. Because this is, there's no better way to raise a kid but the stuff that some of these kids and some of these families endure in this industry because of haters is not, it's not right. And I guess part of me wants to sort of bring up the fact that, you know, I think we mentioned this earlier in the other episode, but when we showed, I never, ever remember having to worry about watching my animals overnight or having to sleep in the barns. You know, I think that some people did just for the hell of it. And I think back then there, you know, there was still, there were still people worried about someone messing with their animals. But, you know, I never remember anyone, you know, hiring at one point you know we had considered hiring someone to stay up overnight to what watch year do you our, think this was um, specific your calves at, yeah your calves at, at state, state fair. fair we would not you know i would love to ask my parents you know i'm not with them right now but i'd love to ask if they even ever considered sleeping with their calves way back when for the purpose we wanted to go to dinner (laughs) yeah you know for the purpose of making sure that no one did any harm to their animals and maybe this was a thing you know way back when but i don't remember it when i first started showing neither do i i certainly remember you know i certainly know about it now and that you know that makes me sad for kids that are growing up having to worry more about once they leave that barn that night you know, people are even considering, you know, having security cameras. No, literally. You know, literally. I that makes me so sad for them. And the fact of the matter is at Illinois State Fair, for example, if you walk in, so the sale of champions is on like a Tuesday night. Yep. If you walk into that barn on that Monday, it's a bunch of ghost-like looking faces and silence in the barn. Not because any of those people thought that they did a damn thing to their animals. They don't know what anyone else did to them. Exactly. No, because I remember this. We were, the year that I had reserved land in Lincoln Barrow, Liv won the steer show with Snuggles. My dad is a big guy. Old Dennis is a big boy. And he didn't eat from the end of Sunday night until what was supposed to be the time that they released if you got kicked out for drug tests, for for anything that came back in your piss test on Tuesday. 
And I remember no one talks to each other. No one talks to each other because if you say anything, people think you're guilty. And if you, but you can't, like, that's the problem. And I remember that my dad finally looked at yours when we were, because we were both doing the same thing. And he said, uh, I haven't eaten today. I just want to know how we got to this point. No, and your dad looked at mine and he said, Dennis, I haven't slept in two days. And it's not because we did anything wrong. We didn't test out. It's been three years ago. But I still remember the fact, the moment itself of, of being in that Hall of Champions and making it and your hard work paying off was completely just surrounded and suffocated by the fact that you have no idea what could potentially come up with in that pig. Not because you did anything wrong. But and because, it's the same, and you know, just hearing stories from other states and even at national shows, it's the same thing. You know, it's just, it's sad how it's come to that. And, you know, I just, it, those are one of the things, if I could change anything, you know, oh my gosh, I would, I would do anything just to take some of that pain away from kids and families. It just, again, is one of those things that, I guess... Just not even, not even just the drug testing and stuff like that, but just the, the pressure of, you know, walking back to the barn with kids who've won a banner or finally did it. And they, you know, I can just, just picture some of these little girls that I know that have been so successful and they're scared to walk back to that barn with that banner because of the looks that they're going to get on the way back and the grumbles that are going to be said and the, well, you know, this, this, that, that. Who who the, who the f- cares? All right? That kid worked hard. That kid's successful. Their families are successful. Admire it and work harder. I feel like we should put numerous of those quotes on t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, and I don't even know if you sent us a message if we could say how to properly handle haters. They're always going to be there. There's always going to be trolls in your life. But I think, like we said earlier, two complete opposite people with two microphones sitting in the same room and how to handle situations. There's not a single right way to do it. It affects other people differently. Yeah, and I mean, so... If you don't know my family at all, my dad and I are a lot alike. Mm -hmm. My sister and my mom are a lot alike. Mm -hmm. My sister and my mom will, you know, look past it Mm -hmm. and try to move forward. My dad and I are not those type of people. It's really difficult (laughs) for us to move past something, you know, something like that. Especially if someone, you know, for me, I would so much rather have someone hurt me or say something to me than I would them say something about my siblings it's actually impossible for me to move past no one else is allowed to pick on my siblings except for me exactly literally yeah so like I'm the only one that can bully them no one else can yeah it's not allowed for anyone (laughs) else so that it makes it extremely difficult because you know people are throwing stones from so many different angles and it, you know, it makes it tough sometimes to enjoy the happy moments. What was the time that a hater got to you the most? 
Give us the lowdown. So, my dad, if you listen to Stock Talk Mm -hmm. and you heard my dad's episode, you more than most likely heard him throw a name around. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had an individual that went ahead and sent an email around to a lot of different associations about my family with pictures of my siblings that and their animals and were accusing us of so many heinous things and it caused a lot of hurt to my brother and sister and to my mom and to my dad and I as well but at the same time I just wanted to go after him and then I sat back later that day and this gentleman has two children I believe and I thought about the fact of you know if those were my you know if those were my children I don't want them to have to endure the same things that my siblings did mm-hmm. so at the end of the day you know before you go posting or before you go running your mouth about something that you have no idea about I want you to think about it being your own kids or your own siblings that you're talking about and think about how it would make you feel. If you woke up one morning and had a call or a text message from an industry leader that let you know that your loved ones were being hated on and you had absolutely no way of defending them. You know, remember that before you make that post or before you send that email or that text message or open your mouth at a show. So that, you know. If that was you, how would you want, how would that affect you? Right. And, you know, like I said earlier, and I'll say it again, and this is something that I have to remind myself every time that I see this individual post on Facebook or that I see them at a show. I remember that they have two kids at home and I... I don't want them to have to endure the same thing that my family did because of their father. You know, and and we're not naive. That's the thing that I want to be addressed because I don't want this to be interpreted of us only saying how against successful people this whole industry is and, oh, you know, the people who, who win all the time um boohoo no one cares um maddie and i are smart enough and sensible enough people to know that there's some twisted shit that happens in this industry okay sometimes people win and they don't deserve it they straight up don't deserve it move on and work harder next time i guess whatever they did you know hope that it catches up with them but at the end of the day Life is too short. Yep. They let, I always say this, talking about people who are doing twisted shit is only going to make you closer to as twisted as they are. Let it go. Leave it between them and God and whatever they did and move along, okay? I know it's frustrating. I know it's frustrating when your family's honest and your family does everything good and you try your hardest every day and you go to the barn every morning and you still get beat by somebody who you straight up know 
doesn't deserve it. And there's actual proof. There's people who work hard and are successful that the industry has deemed undeserving. And there's people out there who straight up don't deserve some of the success that they have. Know the difference of that, number one. And number two, keep your head down, keep your mouth shut, and leave it between them and God. Because when you work harder, your success becomes legitimate success, and that is more rewarding than any backdrop picture with some cheating that happened for that picture can it can even compare to. So, I know it's frustrating, but there if you're an, if there's honest people who I know get duped, that's my favorite word. Duped a lot of times and it's hard, it's hard to get your butt kicked and still want to come back and do it, specifically when people when who aren't deserving or, or, or livestock that straight up suck that's the worst I hate getting beat by bad that's the, be- the best thing when you're little you don't know what's good or what's bad but when you're 19 years old I pray to god you at least know what good livestock and bad livestock is and you know um there is not thinking everything you have again being sensible being mature enough to know when you got beat rightfully and when you didn't you got screwed but handle it all with class that's the problem when you handling it all with class and that brings us into our next topic i think getting your ass kicked (laughs) boy if i had a dollar for every time i got my ass kicked i could buy a new ass because i need one bad (laughs) I need one. Getting your ass straight up whooped. Bent over the gate with a paddle. Last in class. Participation ribbon. Getting beat. Or the gate. Oh, the gate. The good old gate. You gotta get the gate at least once in your life. Yeah. If you haven't, you haven't lived. No, you haven't lived. And there's some kids in this industry who haven't got the gate. They just need to get the gate. Yeah. Just once. Just to just to be humbled. That is the most that is the most humbling experience of your life. You walk out of the ring with your hand over your face and you're just kinda like (laughs) 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 Oh, that was fun. Oh, that wasn't me. That wasn't my pick. Like when you can make it back so early that you watch the entire (laughs) rest of the class be placed. They're like, weren't you in that class? I missed it. (laughs) No, I got the fucking game. <laughs> no. But um, like we were saying, I remember dealing with getting my ass beat a couple years ago. Um, actually, it was the York Barrow that I had that ended up being fifth overall at Louisville. I think he was like eighth or ninth in class at Expo. Like not very good at all. And my mom was so mad um she was so mad that he like I did that bad apparently I didn't show him very good but I remember telling her I was like if I can't handle getting beat that I've completely um missed the whole point of this like if you can't just take getting beat even when you're ninth in class and you get that god-awful poop brown ribbon 
That is atrocious. We need to really replace that color. Um, then you've completely missed the whole point of showing. And I get it. It sucks. Oh, it sucks so bad. I hate it. Especially, you know, the worst ones for me were like the double header shows. And one day you were like champion Duroc. And then the next you got the gate. That was really saddening. Um, Yeah, like that's when you become befuzzled. You were like, what just happened? <laughs> like, I literally just won that ring and now I'm sixth at a jackpot show yeah it was you know that's really confusing and i get it it sucks terribly but hopefully throughout the course of the next couple of minutes we can give you a few tips to get through it drink yeah number <laughs> a lot number one um don't throw a hissy fit don't in the ring because keep it together in the ring and I- even like Take it. My parents were always so proud of me if I could at least make it to the truck. To the truck. To the yeah. truck. You make it to the truck, and whatever needs to happen inside that vehicle, you let it happen, baby. But don't let it happen <laughs> don't, outside the truck. Don't cry in the ring. I remember I got beat with one guilt. Oh, good. She's, she's crunching her teeth together. Oh, because I can remember I almost bit through my lip because I would bite my lip so my lower lip so hard if I was gonna cry because I cry when I'm pissed when I'm livid I cry and I almost bit through this son of a because I was so mad I was so mad but don't cry in the ring especially if you're over the age of 10 don't be but even little kids that's like you that's something you know that I admire about a lot of parents is the fact that they start their kids out to a point that they, I will, okay, I'm going to give a shout out to one of my favorite families. So this was one of my favorite moments of all of my time showing. So if any of you are familiar with the Olsen family, live in uh, Illinois. The cutest boys in the world. Sell a lot of direct pigs across the country. So they're my favorite people. I love them. And maybe I'm a little biased, but that's whatever. I'm sorry, Coley. You're just as cute. I'm sorry. (laughs) So I will never forget one year at World Park Expo, Kelton showed. I'm not sure what exactly he showed. I think it was a Poland. Mm -hmm. And I think Blaine was upset per usual. You know, him (laughs) and my dad are a lot alike. So I think he was upset, but I will never forget the smile on Kelton's face coming back to the, you know, the stalls that we were at and he was so excited because of the fact that his favorite color was blue i think it was and or green i think and he got a green ribbon that was the most heartwarming thing that i have ever seen and from that moment i was like you know whenever i have kids kids someday if i'm lucky enough that is something you know i want my kids to be able to walk out and be happy about the color of that yes. ribbon that they got. Because it matched their shirt. Yes. yes. Not because, you know, I that was so important to me. And, you know, I think, and there's so many other families. I don't mean to just, you know, but that was just one yeah. instance. And we're not, we're not parents. We're not, we're not trying to say anything on parenting. That is hey. not the point. When you see the two of us parenting someday, send help. Yes, literally, please, in a bottle of vodka. Because if they're anything like the two of us, we're going to need it. But I think our background of kind of growing up, showing 
slightly above average pigs and being in the corner most of the time. And it made us appreciate our success more than starting out on a high note. And some people have those resources to get their kids awesome pigs when they're little and they're really successful. And I think that grows their passion for it. We can only speak from our personal experience that when you start out at rock bottom, there's literally only up. And let me let me also clarify this. If I hit the lottery at any point, I'm going to try my damnedest to make sure that my kids know how to lose before they win. But I don't like getting beat very well. No, me so, so, you know, that's going to be a little bit of, you know, a troublesome start. But, you know, I don't see winning it's the lottery. It's the happy medium. Life is about happy medium. And that's the thing is... If you're not mad when you get beat, you're not in the right industry. And it's hard it's hard to find that happy medium of knowing how to lose and not being satisfied for where with where you're at. Because if you're don't get fired up when you're fifth in class and you should have been at minimum second or you get fired up, don't get fired up when you get left out of division and you should have been in the top five, then your passion isn't as burning as it needs to be. Getting Being competitive and, and having that drive to want to win is awesome. That is needed. It's just controlling that in a sense that you're humble enough to know when you just should have lost. Like when yeah. you just straight up got your ass kicked and you move on and you put your head down and you work harder. Yep. There is someone extremely close to me and he knows who he is. And he's the worst damn loser in this whole entire world. And I, it drives me insane. But it's because he is so passionate for it. And I appreciate that. And I think that it's, if you just don't, if you got to love it that much that it pisses you off when you get beat, just handle it with class. Yup. 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 But man, I got my ass beat a lot. But when you get your ass beat and when you're sad and you're crying in the truck and you're sitting there sobbing like a little baby. You might as well online shop, right? Like you might as well buy your something, something really nice. Buy yourself a prize for getting seventh in class. Because, yeah, buying yourself and treating yourself when you win and when you lose is important. I mean, just treating yourself in general is important. But specifically, when you're sobbing and your tight-ass polo shirt and your Miss Me's. Actually, please take the Miss Me's off if you're wearing those. But go online, okay, when you get beat next time, and go to thehowlingcoyote.com. And you're going to click on it. I think it is. I hope that's what the website is. Find them on social media, regardless. (laughs) But you're going to go online. You're going to find yourself something cute. You're going to hit add to cart. And then you're going to go on cart. And you're going to add our discount code. And that's the keeper pin 10. And then you're going to be happy. That you listened to our annoying podcast long enough to get this this discount code. And then you're going to have a shipment in the mail. 
And you're going to forget that you got your ass beat. And it's going to be a great day. Yup. Yup. So we hope that you took some valuable lessons from this. And even if you didn't, even if you hated it, we still want you to send your questions into us and we will address them. Or just let us know that we're doing okay. Yeah, we, we really like reassurance. <laughs> so if you could let us know, and if you're a hater, hopefully you listen to this. Mm-hmm. And you'll be nice and send us some love mail. But if you send us hate, we will expose you. No, just kidding. We just talked about not to do that. All right. Just kidding. Sorry. We'll just add you to Todd Caldwell's burn book. To Todd Caldwell's mental burn book. <laughs> like our podcast or you will be on Todd Caldwell's burn book. And trust me, you don't want to be there. <laughs> all right, homie G's. <laughs> Maddie keeps giving me. All right, all you sows and cows and, and does and ewes. We'll see you next time. XOXO, the Kiefer pin. I love that. That was good.